This episode is supported by Earn In. Life doesn't happen bi-weekly, so why should payday? The money you earn now can be in your hands today with Earn In. Earn In is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work, up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. Super, super easy to use. You just download the Earn In app and verify your paycheck. Then you can access up to $100 a day as you work and leave an optional tip. So the app is free. You can leave a tip if you want. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. So here's the thing. Sometimes getting close to your next paycheck, next pay period, and you realize, oh gosh, like paycheck doesn't come until next Friday, but we have this event that we need to attend this weekend and we need money for it. Or we have to buy a gift for someone. Or, oh my gosh, like my kid tore through their shoes and now we have to buy new shoes this weekend and the money's not in the bank yet. So Earning can help you access the money you've already earned at work by giving you this little bit of money in advance. So make Earnin part of your financial routine and join Earnin's over three and a half million customers who say things like, when I think about Earnin, I think about financial stability and security, and it gives me a lot of peace of mind. So for our listeners, all you need to do is download Earnin today. It's spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, and you can download it in Google Play or the Apple App Store. When you download the Earnin app, type in Shameless Mom under podcast when you sign up. So there'll be a little place where you can, where it says, what podcast did you hear about them on? Type in Shameless Mom under podcast. This helps to show support for our show and our advertisers. Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank, and subject to your available earnings, daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. This is the Shameless Mom Academy, episode 205. Show notes for this episode, including all links mentioned in this episode, can be found by going to shamelessmom.com and clicking on episode 205. Welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm your host, Sarah Dean, and I'm here to give you and other passionate, dedicated moms the tools you need to bridge the gap between motherhood and living the life of your dreams. I'm also here to help you be a little more shameless every day, because if you aren't building a life you're extraordinarily proud of, what kind of legacy are you building? So let's dive in. Hello, Shameless Moms. So happy to be here with you on a new Monday, starting off a new week. New weeks are a beautiful thing. You get to send the kids out the door in most cases, unless you have little littles that's still at home. And you might feel like you just get like a minute back to yourself or like you go to the office and you're like, oh, I can rest while I'm at work because being at work is often more restful than being at home in many cases. So I hope that you are ready to take on a new week and ready to take some action and do exciting big things with your life. Some of the stuff we're going to be talking about today will lead you in that direction for sure. And I actually want to address something that's come up recently in the Shameless Mom Momentum Mastermind. So we're about halfway through that program. I'm having so much fun. Shout out to all my Momentum Mom Mastermind participants that are listening. I love you guys. I'm so enjoying our time together. And oh my gosh, these ladies are doing such cool stuff every single day. Every day people post in our private Facebook group about just action steps they're taking and lessons that they're learning. And it's really, really cool and powerful. And one of the things that keeps coming up is just different kinds of questions around wellness, around kind of different kinds of health hacks related to sleep and 
nutrition and exercise and things like that. So actually next week's episode, I'm going to open the gates a little bit, open the doors. I'm going to give you some of the information I've actually been sharing specific to health habits in the mastermind group, because I wanted to do a bit of a deeper dive with everyone. Cause I think this is just a hot topic. And I think that we all want some health hacks that can just help us improve our quality of life every day, increase energy, help us feel more powerful, maybe, maybe change our body composition a little bit, just maybe change how we feel in our own skin, those kinds of things. So we'll be talking about that next week. So that'll be next Monday. But I'm excited to have that conversation because I talk about those kinds of things so much in my gym life when I'm running my gym. I often don't talk about them here on the show and it's been a while. So I was like, I can tell by the feedback I'm getting in the Momentum Mastermind group that it's time. It's time that we dedicate an episode to some health habits. Habits. And we definitely, I've definitely dedicated past episodes to that, but it's been a while. So we'll dive into that next week. All right. So this week we're going to talk about courage and we're going to talk specifically about four ways to practice courage. So here is the thing about courage. Courage is hard. And I actually had to laugh because I knew I wanted to do an episode about courage. And I started doing some research and I was looking at articles that were like 21 steps to take courage and 21 steps to live more courageously and six steps to be more courageous today and different articles along those lines. And a lot of them, as I was reading them, I was like, well, that's a good idea, but I'm not doing that. Like, that sounds awful. That sounds scary. That sounds terrifying. And it, like one of the things was like, you know, identify your fears and face them head on. And so I was thinking about one of my fears being afraid of heights. And for me, making myself practice things where heights are involved does not make me less afraid of heights. Like I have gone that route and it does not work. It just basically gives me more diarrhea and it makes me way more nervous and it seems to just get worse with age. So I was laughing as I was looking at some of these top tips to be more courageous and I was like, yeah, I'm not doing that. But so I actually kind of had to check myself and I was like, am I even a very courageous person? Like maybe, maybe I'm kind of being a liar if I do this episode. So I did put together some great content that I'm very excited to share. But I also want to acknowledge that not all of this will speak to you at the same time. And so sometimes, you know, you have to look at when people deliver content to you, you have to meet the content where you're, you know, depending on your current life circumstances. And sometimes there's going to be things where you're like, yes, I can totally do that right now. Other times might be things where I'm like, or you might say, okay, like I'm ready to give that a try. I might be able to do that. And then other times you might be like, yeah, no, that's not happening today. And that's okay. Push yourself to the edge of discomfort and sometimes over the edge into those uncomfortable places, but also know your boundaries and know the things that just increase stress and anxiety because that's not the goal. The goal is not to create stress and anxiety. So I'm not going to like say, you know, if you're an introvert, you should be out like, you know, doing Facebook lives on controversial subjects. Like that sounds terrifying, right? So I'm going to just give you permission to take this advice and see where it falls for you. Let it sit for a minute and decide where you can take the next step. Where's the next appropriate step for you? Because I can tell you, like, I'm not going to get done recording this episode and go bungee jumping. So that's just me. But I do know that I am courageous in many aspects of my life every day. And I do know that that has been very, very impactful to me over time. So I encourage you again to just figure out where you're uncomfortable and find different areas where you're uncomfortable and push yourself to those uncomfortable edges in some aspects of your life where it seems the most appropriate and maybe where it's going to get you the biggest gains. Like, I don't feel like I'm going to gain a lot by routinely, you know, jumping off of a high thing or 
going up to high places. So like going up to the Eiffel Tower, like scared the bejesus out of me. Going up to the Space Needle in Seattle, not my favorite thing. Riding on Ferris wheels, not a fan. And it doesn't make me a better person to do those things. So I'm like, why do I really need to do them? I do them mostly to model courage to my kid. And he notices, like he, he knows that I don't like them. So he actually notices that like I'm being brave and those kinds of things. So it's valuable, but it's not like it's changing my life in a you know super dramatic, positive way. There's other ways that I demonstrate courage that I think are more powerful. And we'll dive into some of those today. So that is my little preamble. And let's go ahead and talk about ways to practice courage now. So the first way is to meet fear in the face. So I want you to think about things that you are uncomfortable with, things that feel a little scary, things that feel where like you're, where you feel a little uncomfortable. And some of these things, I think a good indication where you should meet fear in the face is where you feel equal parts excited and nervous. That is the edge that you want to push. That is definitely where you want to be showing up more. Those things where you feel a little bit excited, but a little bit nervous, those are the places that you have the capacity to grow the most. Something that's just terrifying and doesn't feel at all exciting to you or at all like encouraging or exhilarating, that's not really the place where you're probably going to grow right now. So when I think about meeting fear in the face, it's practicing doing scary things. So for me, one of those things that I'm practicing doing routinely right now that is uncomfortable and scary is I'm applying to speak at a lot of different events. That's uncomfortable to me. It's scary. Usually when I'm filling out the application, I'm like, I don't even know what I'm supposed to be putting here. I'm not really sure if I'm doing it right. And I just keep trying and I get a lot of no's and that's fine because I know I'm going to get yeses at some point. And I do get some yeses, but I know I'll just keep like the more I put myself out there, the more yeses I'm going to get. I might also get a lot of no's along the way, but that's okay. So that I'm meeting fear in the face by just putting myself out there and applying to speak in circles where I definitely feel a little out of my league but I'm totally pushing myself to that uncomfortable place. So that feels rewarding to me to push myself in that way. This episode is supported by a podcast I want to share with you called Understood Explains. So this is, show is about navigating ADHD, dyslexia, and other learning and thinking differences, which can be so confusing. And so every uh, season of the show is around a different theme. So there's a season on special education, there's a season on ADHD diagnosis for adults, and the current season is all about IEPs. I love this podcast because the episodes are 10 to 15 minutes long. So if you are short on time or short on focus, you can take this content in super quickly, easily, it's very digestible. And the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert, Juliana Utube. So Juliana talks all about how to navigate educational plans, IEPs. She talks about the differences between IEPs and 504 plans. She really breaks things down in a really clear and simple way so that you have some of those questions that you might be thinking around, like, does this pertain to my child? Is this something I need to be looking into? Like, where do we go from here? Where do I go if I have questions? Juliana has you covered. She explains so many different things and so many different little pieces and nuance of IEPs and special education and different things on Understood Explained. So I want you to go check it out wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can go listen to Understood Explains. Just go into your podcast app, do a search for Understood Explains, and it will pop right up. Click on it, pick your episode, and get the answers that you've been looking for and the support that you need around different learning differences and differences in school. 
This episode is supported by AquaTrue. Having clean, safe water is the last thing you want to worry about. But unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four, yes, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants in their tap water. So that's why you got to check out AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers have a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process. And their countertop purifiers, which is what we have, take no installation or plumbing, and they remove 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and they're specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAS, which can lead to potentially adverse health effects like cancer, endocrine system disruption, and liver toxicity, which is part of what makes AquaTrue so special, unique, and important in terms of how they are able to filter water. They also have water purifiers to fit every type of home. So like the installation-free countertop purifier that we have at our house to higher capacity under sink options. They even have Wi-Fi connected purifiers and mineral boost options. So I'm so excited about our new AquaTrue. And here's the thing. I swear it's like a gentle reminder to actually drink more water every time you walk into your kitchen. So we are drinking more water now and also more clean water. So more water that is more clean. It feels like a double win. I'm feeling pretty impressed with us. I feel like sink water, tap water becomes invisible at a certain point. And when I see the purifier on my counter, it's like many time a day reminder to like, keep drinking, keep drinking. So I want you to check out AquaTrue for yourself and for your family. AquaTrue comes with a 30 day money back guarantee and that makes it a great gift as well. Today, my listeners can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter the code SHAMELESS at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com and use the code SHAMELESS, S-H-A-M-E-L-E-S-S, AquaTrue.com code SHAMELESS. Another way that I have met fear in the face is pushing myself physically over the years. Growing up as someone who never played sports, who was terrified of exercise, who was terrified of embarrassing myself, terrified of letting down my team, I've really learned to use sports and athletics to make me feel strong and powerful. So I have met fear in the face very routinely. And I think that's why exercising first thing in the morning to me is such a powerful thing because I'm still someone who gets nervous before a hard workout. I get nervous before, and it's not every morning, but like I routinely get nervous before any sort of run that is not like, I have my three mile loop in my neighborhood. That's a joke because it's like, I could push myself a little more, but I know exactly how long it's going to take me to do it. There's, I don't have to cross a lot of busy streets where I'm going to be stuck at traffic lights and those kinds of things in the early morning. Like time is of the essence. It's safe for me to run in this area because it's well lit and there's a lot of people. So there's just all these reasons that I run the same route. But I will tell you, anytime I get out of that route, I am immediately nervous and immediately like, gosh, what if I can't make it? What if it takes too long? What if I have to stop? What if all these millions of different things? When I do that, I always feel so exhilarated afterwards. I feel so exhilarated when I run further or run a different route or when I run faster, when I push myself to those uncomfortable edges, it's really, really rewarding. Same thing when I try a new exercise class. I remember the first time I went to a boxing class, this was years ago, but I went across town to this boxing gym, didn't have a clue what I was doing. And the first class I took I was a disaster because like the first 20 minutes straight of the class was jump roping, which I didn't even know how to do. Like I had not jumped rope since the second grade. It was so hard. And then the rest of the class was boxing. So it was like 20 minutes straight jump roping, then 40 minutes straight of boxing. And my arms literally like 
I didn't know if I could drive myself home, but I got in the car and I called my husband and I was like, my arms are shaking. I don't even know if I can drive. And oh my God, I cannot wait to come back and do it again. That was super scary to me. And I remember being in that class and being like two minutes into the 20 minutes of jump roping. And in two minutes in, I thought like, oh, we must be almost done with this jump roping park. This is taking a really long time. And I remember watching everyone around me who was just like effortlessly just jumping, skipping, like super fast, like very fluidly. I was tripping constantly. My calves were on fire. My heart was like racing out of my chest. And at two minutes in, I did not know that we still had like 18 minutes to go. I felt so uncomfortable. And so like, I knew I was in good shape, but I felt not in good shape to be jump roping. I was not in good jump roping shape at all. And I remember how uncomfortable that felt. But also because that felt so uncomfortable and I made it through, that is what made the reward on the other side so powerful and so strong. So it's like when you make yourself very uncomfortable, the reward is much greater. So I think that it's important that you face these fears, that you meet fear in the face in the places that it feels like it will benefit you the most. So that's often in professional situations, like putting yourself up for a promotion, maybe before you think you deserve it. My husband recently went to his boss asking for a raise before he thought he deserved it, asking for more money than he thought he deserved because I was pushing him. (laughs) But we had some really great conversations about it. And he was really pleased with how it all turned out. It turned out very differently than he thought it would. And it worked out in a more timely manner than he thought it would. So it was a really positive experience all around. And so sometimes you have to meet fear in the face. Like you have to have those uncomfortable conversations. You have to push yourself a little bit. And again, like looking for that edge of where do I feel anxious, nervous, excitement, and also like I want to barf a little all at the same time, because those are generally the directions you need to go. And the more you can be routinely practicing those things, the better. So looking for places where you can be using your voice, looking for places where you can be pushing yourself physically, looking for places where you can be, you know, getting out of your comfort zone, whether it's in the terms of advocacy with a certain population, maybe, whether it's in terms of what you're doing professionally, maybe it's something related to something going on with your kids where you maybe are going to be an advocate for them. Maybe it's something you're doing with your kids in terms of like sitting down and having an uncomfortable conversation with a teenage child, like that right there is meeting fear in the face. So there's lots of ways to be doing this very routinely. And then also taking on intermittent challenges. So I'm always someone who's looking for intermittent challenges, like doing this 90 day writing project that I'm doing, which is really hard and kicking my butt every single day. But facing the fear of it and also like being in the middle of it and it's not going very well and being like, yep, so this is what it's like sometimes. Like sometimes you go into something, you feel a little nervous and uncomfortable, and sometimes it just keeps on feeling hard, but I'm still going to ride it out. So, and I'm going to kind of learn through the process. So there's all sorts of valuable lessons to, to be had from meeting fear in the face that you will never regret. Number two is to admit failure. So the second way to practice courage is admitting failure. This is so hard. And there's so many different ways to do this. And I want to be really clear that this is not about constantly apologizing for things because you've all heard me talk about to stop saying that you're sorry all the time. So I don't want this to be about more apologizing in your life. I want it to be about admitting where you've had shortcomings and doing it in a really productive way because there's a productive way to admit failure and there's a non-productive way to admit failure. So a non-productive way to admit failure would be to be really hard on yourself, be really critical, to sit in judgment, to have a pity party, to kind of wallow in the failure 
not learn from it, not take advantage of the opportunities to grow from it, those kinds of things. So admitting failure from a neutral place and neutralizing failure where appropriate can be extremely powerful. So I can tell you, I actually had to send out two emails to two different people related to the same situation where I had definitely like I had said I would do something and I really missed the mark on it. And it was something I said I would do like a few months ago. I said, hey, this is my intention with this project. I'm going to be working on it over the next few months. Here's where I think things are going to fall come the first of the year. And I really missed the mark. And I had to then go back. And at first I was like, maybe they won't notice. (laughs) Maybe they won't notice because I did put in an honest effort and like, you know, like it wasn't a disaster by any means. So I was like, well, maybe they won't call me out and tell me that like kind of thought I would do better on this. But they called me out because there was multiple parties involved and it was significant to some of the parties that like things happened in a certain way. So I got an email from one of the parties that was just like, hey, just checking in on this one thing, wondering like why this turned out this way instead of this way. You know, when you have a minute, just let us know. So I went back and I was like, yeah, you're right. And I totally admit to things not going the way I thought that they would. And here's what happened. Here's why it happened. Not as a means of like justification, but just as a means of like kind of laying out some very neutrally. I wasn't like overly apologetic. I said like, yes, you're right. Admitting failure. So I'm admitting that I was wrong about how I thought things would turn out. And then just giving some neutral statements about like these things happen, which changed the course of the action I was able to take. And so I had to have that conversation in one email. And then I got an email a couple of weeks later from another person involved who just wanted some clarification on those things, but wanted me to dig pretty deep in the clarification, which was definitely a little uncomfortable for me because digging deeper, if I can find all my D words in that digging deeper, I had to kind of admit where I was a little overly ambitious in certain ways. And I thought that I could do more than I really could in a short amount of time and realized I actually needed more time to get where I thought we could go and all sorts of different things. So I had to be really honest about that. I had to, you know, explain where I was coming from, what happened. I also felt very responsible for my shortcomings. Like I am such a people pleaser. So to, to admit failure is one thing, but I also couldn't just be like, yeah, you're right. I messed up. Like, absolutely not. So I felt very obligated to like, to admit, here's where I fell short and here's what I'm going to do about it. Because it's really important to me that we end this on a really good note. And I want you to feel like you got what you needed out of this. And so here's what I'm going to do. Here's what I want to do to make sure that you feel like you are getting what you need out of this partnership, out of the situation, and that we can all feel really good about everything moving forward, which added a bunch more work on for me, but it's also worth it to me to have this learning experience. Like it was a really valuable learning experience. It's the whole situation was a challenge, but I've learned a lot through it. And I don't regret that I didn't perform as well as I thought I would. And I also don't regret that I have more work ahead of me because I'm going to make right on where I fell short. So I think admitting failure can be really powerful and really positive, but it doesn't mean that you need to sit in self-judgment and sit in pity. So I'm like, I'm not going to sit here and be like, man, I should have done this and I should have done that. I'm a bad person. And who do I think I am? Instead, I've really taken on this role of I'm a professional, I run two businesses, and as a professional, like, here's how I can make this right, here's the responsible thing to do, here's what I'm going to do, just staying really neutral, but also, like, putting on my big girl pants and being like, I'm totally going to fix this, and here's how I'm going to fix it. So I think that that piece is really important, to make those mistakes, to learn from them, to be open about them, but in your openness, not to be too hard on yourself and not to be overly apologetic, especially as a female, to not be overly apologetic. I think that, you know, 
I don't want you to use excuses for yourself, but I also don't want you to be overly apologetic. And if you have issues with being overly apologetic, I will link in the show notes over at shamelessmom.com at episode 205. I will link to my episode on stop saying sorry, where you can do some a little assessment as to whether or not you might be saying sorry a little too often in your life. So, okay, third way to practice courage. So the third way to practice courage would be to stand up for something. This is a tough one, but also a good one. I think it's also really powerful and appropriate right now. So there's a million different ways to stand up for things. You don't have to just stand up for really controversial things. You don't have to stand up for things that make you really uncomfortable and squirmy. You can practice with little things. You can practice with like, you know, helping coordinate a food drive for the homeless. You can stand up for things by like volunteering to do something in your kid's class. You can stand up for things by just engaging in different kinds of conversations. You can stand up for things just by choosing to expose yourself for different things. So honestly, it can be things that are quiet and behind closed doors. Like I actually was watching a woman on Facebook the other day, someone who I follow and I really admire, and she was talking about being invited to an event And I think that she was being asked to go to speak and she went and looked at the other speakers and she said, thank you for the invitation, but I'm currently not accepting invitations to events where it's mostly white speakers and mostly male speakers. And she said, she just sent that email back. She's like, I don't know what kind of a reply I will get, but she's like, that's just really important to me this year. Like I am no longer only attending things where everyone is white, where it's like all white males. And when you're in the online entrepreneurial space, it's real easy to like go to a lot of events that are powered by white males. And then when people complain, they're like, okay, fine, we'll put like two females on here. So then you're like, you have an event that's like 10 male speakers, two female speakers, and maybe one or two minorities. And like that just gets old and the messaging is always the same. And so one of the things that you can do to stand for something is just to be aware of what you expose yourself to. You don't even have to send those kinds of emails. You could just change your exposure. This episode is supported by Active Skin Repair. Active Skin Repair is a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. I just randomly... Vinny was having a toe skin irritation issue and he ended up having this like skin that was really irritating him and it was getting kind of like icky and you know like when kids start to get like little scabs and scratches and then they want to pick at it and it was getting worse and so active skin repair showed up on my doorstep as a result of the sponsorship and I got to put it to use immediately and I got the ointment formula or the like ointment formulation and then also the spray and the spray was perfect so Vinny does not like ointmenty creamy lotiony things on his body but I was able to get out the spray literally took it out of the packaging the day it arrived put it on his toe before he went to bed and the next morning he was like mom my toes all better. It was literally like this super amazing cure that helped his toes so quickly. So you can use active skin repair on a wide range of skin issues, including cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, other types of skin damage. It's totally safe, non-toxic, suitable on all types of skin, even parts of the body where you might have rosacea or eczema or have acne prone skin. This is also safe for the youngest members of your family up to the oldest. So now you have one simple solution for your family's skin health needs. With over 500 thousand happy customers and thousands of five-star reviews and super safe and clean ingredients, active skin repair is something that you want to have on hand for your family. So to get your own active skin repair, go to activeskinrepair.com to learn more about active skin repair and get 20% off your order when you use the code shameless. That's activeskinrepair.com. Use the code shameless for 20% off your order. Activeskinrepair.com, code shameless. Well, hey there, busy mama. 
Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time, add more joy to your life? My name is Deanna Yates, and I'm the host of Wanna Be Clutter Free, a podcast all about letting go of the stuff we don't need in our lives so that we can focus on what truly matters. Don't worry, I'm not going to tell you to throw it all away or make you feel guilty about keeping something you love, no matter how many other people don't quite understand it. But I will give you practical and more importantly, actionable advice so that you can make progress right away. And you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's like having your bestie in your pocket, telling you it's okay to let go of the things that are not serving you and your family in a totally non-judgmental way. So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that want to be clutter-free. So maybe if you know that like, oh, it just so happens that like I only listen to podcasts from white females, like I'm going to set a goal to start listening to podcasts from a person of color, you know, this month. So just standing up for something can just be changing your exposure to something It doesn't need to be like standing up on a platform yelling and screaming and like needing a lot of attention. It can be very quiet and very subtle, but that can be a means of standing up for something. Another way to stand up for something is practicing compassion and empathy very outwardly, maybe toward people that don't always have compassion and empathy practiced towards them. And so this is something you've heard me talk about before, but I'm really working on, and especially in, I want Vinny to see this being carried out, is practicing compassion and empathy toward homeless people. So that means that when we see homeless people, we smile at them, we say hi. If they want to engage in conversation, I will stop and do that. Just being very, like making that eye contact, treating Homeless people are still human beings and there's no reason that they should be talked to differently or looked at differently or just completely like treated as if they're invisible. I also follow multiple groups on social media around homelessness that share stories of homeless people and how they got there and just really opens my eyes to that like being homeless is when you have never been threatened with homelessness, it feels like very exceptional circumstances would have to get you there. But in reality, the circumstances that lead people to homelessness are not exceptional circumstances. It's just usually the case of like one or two things going wrong at the same time, or two or three things going wrong at the same time. And it's a quick path to homelessness for many people. And so being aware of the stories and practicing compassion and empathy around that has a huge goal of mine. So that's one thing that I'm really aware of standing up for. Another thing that I'm really aware of standing up for is conversations around LGBT communities, gay marriage, transgender youth, and those kinds of things. I had a conversation over the weekend with some family members about this, and we had definitely had different viewpoints on it. And I kind of (laughs) went off on a big, long tangent about the whole thing, but started sharing some exposure that I have had to transgender youth and just sharing, you know, what I've learned about it and what it's meant to me and how it's shifted my perspective. But it was really, really important to me to say my piece. And I will tell you that, especially with family, it's easy to shy away from these kinds of conversations. But it was also really important to me to like, it's something that I'm really invested in. I'm very invested in conversations around normalizing and equalizing gay and transgender you know, issues and bringing to light those stories. So this was really, really important to me. It would have been definitely easier for me to just be like, yeah, you're right. Like, I don't quite get it. Cause that's part of the conversation that we were having is like, there's so many things to know around the LGBTQ plus community that like, it's just a lot to take in and it's just too much. Like, how do you keep track of it all? 
Yeah, you can definitely say that. I mean, it is a lot to keep track of. It is a lot to learn. And that seems like a pretty big responsibility, especially if your exposure to that community is limited. But also, I think there's a great opportunity to learn and to see things in new and different ways, especially as we have more and more people coming forward and sharing their stories and more and more people coming forth to say, like, this has been my experience with this. And this is what has been so life altering as I've been able to live in my own body. And as I've been able to experience my life as the gender that I feel like has been on the inside all this time, even though my outside maybe didn't match that. So that's been something that I've really been practicing standing up for. So That's the third one. Stand up for something. Again, you can do it in the way that feels appropriate for you and push yourself to the edge of uncomfortable and see how far over the line you can go. That doesn't mean that you need to like ostracize every member of your family because you want them to embrace transgender rights. I understand that that's not the appropriate step for a lot of people, but opening the door to conversations that are uncomfortable can be a really good starting place. And having like really calm conversations. Like it doesn't need to always be big battles where there has to be like a winner and a loser. Just saying like, this is my experience and this is a story I heard and this is how I relate to this idea. And kind of leaving it at that can be helpful as well. All right. Number four, the fourth way to practice courage. So these are two different things wrapped into one. So one will apply to you more than the other, most likely. If you are an extrovert, listen more. If you are an introvert, share more. So if, you, if you're an extrovert, I'm an extrovert. It's not scary to me usually to share things. Like, obviously, I get on this podcast twice a week and I share a lot of stuff. That is not scary to me. Starting a podcast was scary because I was like, I don't know, what if no one listens? But to get on here and tell my stories, that's not scary. For an introvert, that would be terrifying. And I definitely get introverts who come on for interviews where they're like, I'm a little nervous, I'm a little uncomfortable. Like that can be uncomfortable. So if you're an extrovert, I want to encourage you to listen more because one of the challenges as an extrovert is that we're always thinking about the next thing we want to say. We're always thinking about like how we can, this this is like brutal honesty about extroverts. We're always thinking about like how we can say something where we'll be really important. Like, well, I want to say the next thing because that'll make me sound important or sound smart or seem important, whatever. Like we always are just kind of looking for our stage a little bit. And introverts, on the other hand, are totally the opposite. So if you're an extrovert, I want to encourage you to listen more and maybe shut your mouth a little bit and see what comes of that. Because that is courageous. Like it is really hard for me to bite my tongue. I do find myself in interviews really biting my tongue and trying to hold back and not share every single story that I want to share, trying to not monopolize the conversation of every interview. The flip side of that, if you are an introvert, share more. So if it's easy for you to sit and listen endlessly, practice sharing a little bit more, practice stepping out of your comfort zone, sharing your stories, sharing your beliefs, practice, you know, I know a lot of introverts who like Facebook is just like the devil because like, why would everyone want to put their business all over the internet? But maybe practice sharing some uncomfortable things. I actually have some people in the Momentum Mastermind right now who are sharing some things on Facebook. And I kind of laugh when I'm like, these are things I share every day. And some of them, they're like, I don't know, I just feel really uncomfortable. And it's just a difference between personality types. And it's a difference between like what you're used to and what kind of stage you're used to being on. So if you're an introvert, practice sharing more. And it doesn't have to be in controversial ways or super bold ways initially, it can just be like sharing a little bit more, sharing a little bit of vulnerability, sharing a little bit of your true self, sharing a little bit of authenticity, challenging yourself to engage in conversations, sometimes just engaging in conversations, putting your ideas out on the table to not just sit back in and of itself can be courageous. I know that when we do our Shameless Mom Momentum Masterminds every Monday, I will ask people to share wins at the beginning of the call and all the extroverts immediately want to share their wins and the introverts 
sit there and I have to be like, okay, which introvert is going next? Like none of them want to raise their hands. None of them want to go challenge yourself. If you're an introvert, be the person to say like, I'm going to raise my hand and go now. I'm going to raise my hand and say something before it is asked of me, even though that's really uncomfortable because you will find that the more you use your voice, the more power your voice will have and the more power you will feel in using your voice. And it will definitely be a cycle that will grow on itself and perpetuate itself. So if you're an extrovert, listen more. If you're an introvert, share more. So those are your four ways to practice courage. Meet fear in the face, admit failure, stand up for something, listen more if you're an extrovert, share more if you're an introvert. So I hope this has been helpful to you. I hope you learned something that you can put into action right now, right away. Please continue this conversation over on social media. So you can go over, I'm mostly on Instagram. This conversation will be on Instagram and on Facebook, but just because of the algorithms, <laughs> um, definitely there's more conversation t- generally happening over on Instagram, over at the Shameless Mom Academy, but you can also go to the Shameless Mom Academy on Facebook. This episode will be posted there. You can engage in the conversation and let me know how are you practicing courage? How will you practice courage today, Monday? How will you practice courage this week? How will you get a little bit uncomfortable and do something where you face a fear, where you admit failure, where you stand up for something, where you listen more or share more? right away to get the ball rolling and practicing courage in your life. I cannot wait to hear. So make sure you pop over and engage in the conversation on the social media channels. If this is your first time listening to the Shameless Mom Academy, please do join us again. We'll be back on Wednesday with a brand new episode. Wednesday's episode will be with Heather Human talking about her infertility journey. So I was on Heather's show a few months ago. Now she is on the Shameless Mom Academy. She has an amazing story And she is one of the most graceful speakers and storytellers. I just have so much respect for her as a mother, as a woman, as a shameless mom, and as a speaker. So I know that you will love hearing her story and you will just appreciate so much of what she has to say in terms of owning her shameless journey. So please do come back on Wednesday. We have new episodes every Monday and Wednesday. So there's always a new episode of the Shameless Mom Academy right around the corner. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss an episode. So to subscribe, you go to shamelessmom.com slash review that pops you into Apple podcasts. From there, you can click on the show art, which is the little picture of the Shameless Mom Academy. When you tap on that, there will then be a subscribe button option where you can tap on subscribe. And that means you will get all the episodes as soon as they are released. You can also tap on the button that says write a review. So you can give the show one, two, three, four, or five stars, and then you can write a little review. So thank you to all your reviews. We are rapidly approaching 300 reviews. I would love to get to 300 reviews in February. That would be really, really exciting. So I appreciate every time anyone takes a minute to pop over there and write a few kind words. And I hope that you have a fantastic day. I hope you learned something new. I hope you put something new into action, into courageous action today. I can't wait to hear about it. And until next time, no matter what you do today, make sure you do it shamelessly. Oh, hey, everybody. It's us, Blair and Molly. Your old pals from Toddler Purgatory. Two moms who are also actors, who are also creative beings, who sometimes feel stuck. And this is our new podcast, Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. What happens when your creative spark just seems to disappear? Gone. Poof. Bye. See ya. What happens when life gets in the way of your creativity instead of nourishing it? That's what happened to Molly and me. We felt like the thing that drove us creatively stopped working and impending doom had in fact invented. Totally. So we decided to do something about it. And that was 
steal ideas about getting unstuck from the most creative people we can find. We talk to guests about how to break through the mucky, gluey, sticky wall that can get between you and your creativity. We hear about their journeys, their successes, their challenges, and even their bougie coffee shop orders. And we're not just talking Bob Ross type paint on paper artists here, though we talk to them too. We're talking to actors, creative directors, dancers, and people who are working hard to be their best creative selves in a world that can sometimes feel real uncreative. We all have something to teach each other, so let's steal their ideas together. Join us, won't you, as we deep dive into how to unstick ourselves from the life gunk that can get in the way of our creative freedom. Pandemics, school calendars, world events, lack of sleep, oh, get out of their life gunk. And let's get back to your best creative self. Subscribe to Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. You're not going to want to miss an episode. Unsticking It with Blair and Molly, because sometimes life sucks. Unsticking it.